We good? Okay, cool. All right, welcome to another episode of Planeta Patineta, where we talk about everything skateboarding here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, we're so excited to be back. We took a little bit of a break, but we are back. We have a very wonderful guest today, one of my dearest friends. And I, yeah, I'll introduce you, but then I'll introduce, I'll let you introduce yourself. But we have my dearest friend Karina here. Hi, I'm Karina. <laughs> so if you could introduce yourself geographically, like where are you originally from and where does your family stem from and just a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah um, my name's Karina. Um, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, so not like too far, but been living in Chicago for only like four years. I don't really know how time works. Not that yeah. long, honestly. Pre-pandemic? Yeah, I yeah. moved, like, literally, like, three months before the pandemic. Oh. Moved to Chicago from Boston, actually. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, really great time to move to a new place. Yeah. <laughs> but my family is still in Madison. Um, so what uh, prompted you to move back to Chicago and not to Madison? Just curious. Um... Well, Madison, I really love and appreciate Madison now looking back on it, but I think it felt very small. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends in Chicago. Um, not a lot of friends, but like a decent amount of people yeah. in Chicago. And I was like, I'm ready to get out of Boston. Yeah. Um, so I came to Chicago. Yeah. Kind of on a whim, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I hung out with you and like your other non skate friends, and it's like they're all out here from Madison too. So it's nice to know that like you have like friends that you like who's who you had for a while yeah that now live here yeah. like good to have like people that knew me when i was yeah okay so the reason i was child. laughing oh no a little <laughs> earlier is because because reflecting on our friendship i'm always like the one talking and talking and talking and you're a really great listener <laughs> and i really appreciate that and i was like reflecting on it this morning like they never really like like, I, like, there's so many things that you, like, so you're so talented, and I don't even get to know who you are fully until, like, I ask you questions, and I'm just, like, you know, diving deep <laughs> into who you are and, like, your past experiences, because, like, the other day you were, like, yeah, I have, like, my nursing certificate or whatever, like, I'm gonna be a doula, and I was, like, what? I didn't know that about you. You're, like, you, you're so mysterious. You are mysterious. I feel like people will say that, and I think it's because... I forget to talk. <laughs> what? I don't know if what do you sense. mean? Okay. Like it's not intentional. I think yeah. I'm just like. Do you think that's like just your personality? Like you're a listener? Yeah, I think I prefer to listen. Okay. So the tables have turned. Here yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The tables oh, no. have turned. No, I'm actually really scared for when when somebody interviews me. Like, I feel like I'm gonna be in the hot seat. I'm gonna be really nervous. You want to do it right now? Ah. Uh, do you want to? Yeah, we can just flip. Shit. <laughs> flip back and forth. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. Well, you can ask me little tad bits of, like, questions back. I don't know. Okay, mind. perfect. Okay, whenever you're like, okay, what about you? Or, you know. It, I'll throw one back. Okay, right? throw them back when you feel like you want to know about mm-hmm. me. Because you already know enough about me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you were already skating out. Were you skating in Boston? I'd never asked you that. Uh-uh, so it was kind of funny. My friend Sage, who you just met, um, is one of my good friends from college, and we live together in Boston. 
and I think we were just reflecting. They were just in Chicago, so we were like reflecting on um, when I started skating. Mm-hmm. And we had bought like one summer we went to like Walmart and bought like toy boards. Yeah, and, like, they weren't toys, but they like really barely worked. Um, and we were just kind of messing around and like scooting around. The wheels like literally didn't even turn. I kind of remember Sage telling me the story when I met them. Yeah, we were we were probably like twenty two, and we had one friend that like actually skated, and so he would like skate around, and we'd be like following him on our like target boards, but like they didn't roll, so we would just kind of like carry them and run. <laughs> um, but then I was like, oh, I actually kind of want to skate for real. And so Sage, like, got all of our friends to pitch in some money for my birthday and surprised me with, like, a complete board, like an actual yes, board from a Sage shop, told which was me, very yeah. cute. Um, but then my, f- like, first week riding that board, I fell and broke my arm. <laughs> what? Okay. I have since weak <laughs> I have weak arms, I think. They're like no, something's wrong with them. But like I don't wanna put you on the spot, but like since I've met you, you've had injuries and like have bounced back. It's like you're like okay, officially you're like Wolverine. Yes. I have yeah, I think I need to like something needs to be done about my injuries. <laughs> but you're you're so brave. I mean you jump back on it and like I don't know, I think that's that's really brave of you. Because I didn't know that the first time that you got on it you fell. Yeah. Like, really fucked my arm up. And then I didn't skate until I came to Chicago. Mm. Um, and I feel like because, like, the pandemic hit pretty quick, I was like, I need... Yeah. Like, something. I need to meet new people. I need to, like, get out of the apartment. Yeah. And so started skating. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, I'm actually going to, like, try to, I don't know, ollie over <laughs> Try to do some shit. Yeah, try to do a trick or two. So when you go out to Madison to visit, like, your family, do you skate out there? Now I do. I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't... I hadn't before, like, skating in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but Madison has a pretty good skate scene. Like, yeah. honestly, there's a lot of good spots to skate in Madison. So it's, like, fun going back now and being, like, I can take my board around. and. Yeah, Noe and I were out there this past... last year. So it was really fun. I think for me, I would really also want to check out Milwaukee. Or we went out to Four Seasons. Yeah. But I feel like even like meeting Jen and like you that are from Wisconsin, yeah. it like gives us more of a reason to establish community with like our neighbors in Wisconsin. Yeah. Road trip. Yeah. We should go on a road, road trip. trip. Oh, speaking of trips. Okay. It's a good segue. What a transition. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. Um, so you went out to Cuba recently. I did. Tell us what inspired you and just overall, how was the trip? Yeah, first of all, like what inspired you to go out there and what was your connection to Cuba? Yeah, well, I've been, so my mom was born in Cuba and so I have a lot of family on my mom's side um, still out there. So like my grandma and my uncle live in the States, but everyone else on my mom's side is still there. Um, And I feel like I have had a pretty like, distant relationship with them just because visiting is so hard and like because of the embargo and like U.S. Cuban politics like wasn't really able to go when I was younger Um, and so have always kind of wanted to like go for a little bit of a longer time and like 
be with family and like practice my Spanish and like mm-hmm. um, just like be there and get more familiar with it. I've gone um, in 2016 when the embargo opened up a little mm-hmm. bit. We were able to go for like the first time since my mom left. And so like my mom, my grandma, my family went and that was a super different experience because it was like we were basically just like hopping around the island talking to every single person my mom and my grandma knew which was like very very beautiful Mm -hmm. but so different from like this last trip which Mm -hmm. was like just me yeah um I feel like the first like when I'm with them I have no control over like where I go or like Mm -hmm. who we see and I'm just kind of like hey everyone and my mom's like this is your cousin's third uncle's blah blah I'm like whoa and like like, that's beautiful and I'm like very thankful for that experience but I think this was like also very important in like Mm -hmm. a different way for me is there I have a question because I I have a friend that lives out in Madison yeah and I've gone out a couple times to go visit just like skating and visiting her but is there, like, would you say there's, like, a Latinx community out there? Because I, yeah, I, I haven't stayed for that long to know. Yeah. And is it, like, growing in recent years? I feel like say? I have, like, a skewed view of it. So, like, I was actually born in California, and my family, like, lived in California. Mm. Um, but it got kind of expensive, mm. and my mom got a job in Madison at this community center called Centro Hispano. So I feel like I grew up, like, with mm-hmm. a large Latinx mm-hmm. community. Would I say overall there's a big Latinx community in Madison? I think Chicago has yeah. a way. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in comparison to Chicago, <laughs> yeah, that's like, you don't to compare. Chicago, yeah. no, but, yeah. But it's also a lot smaller of a place. So yeah, I, I yeah. And so in this trip in Cuba, like, I know it was very much, like, self-actualizing for you and like connecting back with your roots and I know you went out there with a bunch of skate decks so yeah share do you want to share with us like what that organizing process was like because I know you were reaching out to people to donate yeah. and even like how was that traveling with all those skate decks because I travel with my board one board when I go to Mexico and they give me a lot of shit like it's just a little stressful because yeah. in in the past I was able to travel with it in the overhead compartment, yeah. but now they see that as like a weapon, you know? Yeah. So you have to take it under and like have it checked. Yeah, So Which sucks. we could start there. Yeah, the so I guess I'll start with like the donation process. Like before I went, I knew, because there are no skate shops mm-hmm. in Cuba. You can't get skateboards. You none. can't get like none, not any. The only way for people to get boards or any like skate gear is if someone from the outside comes and brings mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's, like, because of the embargo. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I knew I wanted to bring a lot of, like, as much stuff as I possibly could. I think the additional layer is, like, I also was bringing a bunch of stuff for family. So I was, like, like, when I went with my mom and my grandma, like, we each brought, like, two suitcases Mm -hmm. for family. But by myself, it was a little bit hard. Yeah, I was going to say, you're small. Um, like, all these, you know, the big suitcases. Like Yeah, so hard. I brought, like, three suitcases and then a box of skateboards. And then the additional problem is I'm a horrible packer. Like You packed the day before, right? I packed the day before. I it was, like, yeah, I feel like we were out yeah, until, we were like, out. 2 a.m. And then I went back home and I was, like, fuck. Like, <laughs> 
And I had, like, started packing, but I was, yeah. like, weighing things, but I don't know. It was a mess. Um, but because of the embargo, the weight limit is, like, lower mm. than what it says on the, like, airline website for some mm. reason is what I was told at O'Hare. So, like, I got to the airport at, like, 6 in the morning with all my bags, and they were, like, these skateboards weigh too much. Like, you have to, like, take it out. But I had, like, duct taped the box, and so I was, like, I can't open this box. And they were, like, you either, like, take things out or, like, you have to, like, leave the whole box. So there wasn't any way that you could pay for additional weight? Is that not an Mm -mm. option? Because I was, like, I'll pay whatever. Like, it was, like, 3 in the morning, and I was, like, I don't even care. Like, just, like, I'll pay it. And they were, like, no, that's not an option. So I ended up, like, cutting the box open, taking out, like, 10 pounds of stuff, giving it to a random child at O'Hare at 4 in the morning who, like, lucked out. Um, and then retaping it with scotch tape at the airport. And I was like, there's no way this is going to make it. And then somehow it did make it, which was like, I've never been like, I don't know how it made it, but it did. Um, did that answer the question? Yes. I feel like I just like so, rambled. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So you get to Cuba and how was it that you were able to establish community because um did you already know folks that were skating out there in cuba like where was your connection with people that were in the scene there and like how did you establish community i'm sure it was a lot easier for you because you speak the language but how was it like integrating into their uh skate scene in cuba yeah because i'm sure it's probably different than here in chicago yeah it's definitely like a lot smaller um So I was in Havana for most of my time. Um, And before I left, I had met some people um, in Chicago, actually, that run an organization called Good Times Familia. And they go down to Cuba a couple times a year to, like, bring boards. Mm. Um, And so I had reached out to them, and I was like, do you know anyone? Like, I want to skate when I'm down there. And they, like, put me in contact with a couple of people. So, like, before I was there, I, like had been in contact with some people on Instagram. Um, And then my first week there, like, met up with one of them, and he, like, keyed me into all these, like, skate spots. And so then every Sunday in Havana, there's this one, like, park that turns into, like, a DIY spot, and they bring, like, boxes and ledges. Wait. Okay, this sounds familiar. It sounds like what you do with... It's uh, funny, yeah. yeah, Because it's, like, exactly, like... Naughty Boy, like, Skate Sundays, but it's, like, it's not lessons, it's just kind of, like, they create this DIY spot on Sundays, which was a funny parallel, is, like, the Cuban Skate Sunday. Um, But showed up there once, like, completely by myself, and was kind of, like, like, we'll see who I meet, and was the only person that wasn't a, like, man there, which is not uncommon, but... um, People ended up being, like, super welcoming and super, like, nice. Um, And, like, that first day, I ended up meeting a bunch of people and then kind of, like, met a ton of other people through that. And off, did they automatically know that you weren't from the area? Do you think because they're such a small community? And, like, how were those interactions? Because I, I think back on, like, when people hear me speak Spanish in Mexico... And when they tell me where I'm from, I'm always like, 
oh, I'm from Michoacán. Yeah. But then if they, like, ask me more, I'm like, well, actually, like, my family's from Michoacán. I lived in Michoacán, but, like, I live in Chicago now, you know? Yeah. But, like, how was that interaction for you? Well, I feel like... So I asked... This would come up a lot because people would always be like, where are you from? And, like, oftentimes guess, which, like, slippery slope on that. But I feel like I don't have... Like, my Spanish definitely doesn't sound like my friends in Havana. Like, I sound like I'm from somewhere else. So I feel like they'd be like, are you from, like, Chile or, like, Venezuela? And I don't know. Like, but they'd never... I definitely don't sound like I'm from Cuba. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. But then I feel like there was an interesting, like, um, when they found out, like, my mom was born there Mm -hmm. like people being very excited by like that connection which i was like i don't know i feel like that could be a mixed yeah bag yeah and um what's the diy culture out there is there parks i know we were talking a little bit about how there isn't like companies that build parks out there so there's a big diy culture like how was that and like is there are there any like similarities between like the DIY parks there and the DIY parks here? Like, do they function the same? Is it more yeah. so like sort of like a mobile, a mobile um, DIY or yeah? Um. Well, I feel like so there is like one park in Havana, but it's pretty small and it's like I think it was actually built for roller skaters mm-hmm. or like bladers. Um, But then everywhere else is, like, either street spots, like, people will gather in, like, street spots, or, like, yeah, DIY spots. Um, And I feel like the biggest DIY spot actually was recently, like, within the last two weeks, just destroyed. It was, like, built into this old school, and they, like, people built concrete ramps and, like, boxes and had, like, brought, like... um, like rails and stuff and um apparently someone like just tore it all down which is like really really sad and I don't think we're like sure why they tore it down Mm -hmm. yet because the school's like pretty abandoned Mm -hmm. so um yeah so that sucks but I feel like yeah I feel like spots will be built and then torn down and then like a new spot will pop up somewhere Mm -hmm. else and then it'll be torn down um or, like, buildings that are abandoned, people will skate in, and then they'll be, like, blocked off, and, like, then people will move, and mm. I don't know. And how how does, like, the Cuban government or, like, local civilians, how do they perceive, like, the skate culture out there? Is it pretty accepted? Is it not, like, kind of, like, hearing about what you're saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I have a pretty limited like perspective on that because I was only there for like two months I think it is like I mean the Cuban government I think is definitely like we don't love skating Hmm. like even skating street spots like if the police came like we all had to go Hmm. like it was very much like you can be arrested Hmm. and take like your board will be taken and you can be arrested yeah um so yeah, I feel like the government is definitely anti. <laughs> Were you more like alert of 
how like authorities and like police and like government officials like perceived you in with your skateboard in Havana than in here because I feel like here we're pretty free like even just hanging out with us girls like non-traditional skaters like yeah. there's more of a freedom whereas like there's probably other countries that are not as accepting of skaters so like was there ever a moment that you kind of felt like not fearful but like you really kind of filtered or thought about like oh this is like you know skate and destroy like they really perceive that about you or like this is an yeah. act of like rebellion for having a skateboard or like you're seeing this as like radical like yeah. you know street person i feel like i just realized like i mean i have so much like privilege as someone from the u.s holding a skateboard versus like a lot of my cuban friends holding skateboards i think like they were so much more heavily policed mm. like I'm thinking of one time when we were, like, a group of us were skating and we were all holding boards and we were walking by the U.S. Embassy and there's, like, a guard there who's a Cuban guard. Hmm. Um, But the guard was like, you all have to cross the street or, like, you'll be arrested. And ended up, like, taking all of our IDs for Hmm. literally walking on the sidewalk. Like, we weren't even skating, just walking. And they realized my ID was from the U.S. Oh, you did tell me about and this, And they yeah. were like, oh, never mind, like, you're good. But, like, are these people bothering you? Like, because apparently also Cubans can be arrested just for bothering tourists, which is yeah. so fucked up. Um, but I was like, no, they're not bothering me. Yeah. Like, these are my friends. Yeah. And, like, I feel like those interactions would happen a lot where, like, I don't know. I just had so much privilege as someone holding, like, a U.S. ID, even within Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cubans are very policed mm-hmm. um, over tourists. Like, tourism is, like, held on a pedestal almost mm-hmm. in a really, like, messed up way. And did your friends kind of, like, begin to normalize the way that they were being policed? Because I'm sure, like, as being someone who practices a sport continuously, that's just what, not necessarily say like what they sign up for, but like that's, they know that the act of skating is going to bring them a lot of like people who aren't accepting of that. So like, did they normalize that behavior? Yeah, I feel like they're like, they're pretty used to it. Mm. Like, I think it happens all the time, um, which is also... Not yeah. Good. <laughs> this is a dark conversation. Yeah, it is a dark <laughs> conversation. Like, oh, we, we can't even. Term. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely is like normalized, but I think to put a positive spin on it, um, like despite like how hard that is and how like I feel like skating is highly like vigilized and patrolled in Cuba, like people still do it and like Mm -hmm. I think the community is still super strong and like also people really look out for each other Mm -hmm. in ways like I feel like my experience with skate community here is like it is pretty intergenerational like through skating I've been able to meet people that are like a lot younger than me or like Mm -hmm. a lot older like I feel like there's that one meme that it's like who are you hanging out with at the skate park and it's like my eight-year-old friend and my 40-year-old friend and like I feel like there that's like super true like everyone's really got their like each other's back mm. um and I feel like that's like a cool 
result yeah. of like it being so hard yeah and how was um like commuting around the area because i was actually talking to nay about it recently because nay's from champagne yeah and just getting around champagne is so expensive like taking ubers yeah and i never thought about well i guess i always took for granted like our access to public transit yeah and to get from like wilson to grant like on the red line and like even though it's like kind of a long ride it's just like three bucks and you're there you know so how was it out there in cuba like how did you commute and what are people's like main like mode of transportation public transport is tough um just because like there's not that many buses and they just don't come um so i was like walking so much just Mm -hmm. walking everywhere honestly which like havana's not that big so it was like it's pretty doable um but I feel like once, like, I had some friends that lived in, like, outskirt neighborhoods that, like, you you do have to take a bus. It's, like, mm. a three-hour walk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, my legs are a foot long. We, mm-hmm. We'll never make it. <laughs> um, and that's when it definitely got tougher. But I think, like, I, yeah. Like, there are ways to do it, but I feel like public transport does make it a lot harder. Yeah. Did people skate to different places? Like, did, did they use their skateboard, like, as their mode of transportation? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, people, like, yeah, everyone made it work, but it's, like, definitely if you live in, like, an outskirt neighborhood yeah. and not, like, in the city, it was, like, it is harder to get around yeah. and, like, meet up to skate. Yeah. And you were also out there... You went to another spot in Cuba, right? Like, where did you... And also, you did a art residency. So yes. you could talk about either. And how was that experience like for you? So... Because I didn't know you were a painter. And <laughs> I started seeing you. Like, I knew you were a painter. I knew that you did paintings. But when you told me about this art residency, I was like, wow, great. Like, they're, they're doing it, you know? <laughs> so how was that experience like? Because you produced, like, really beautiful paintings when you were out there. Thank you. Um, yeah, I feel like I have been doing art for, like my whole life but have never really like put it into practice or like shown it or like done it in like a professional Mm -hmm. kind of way but then in the last like year I've kind of been like okay maybe I'll try to like push myself to like put stuff out there more um and so decided to apply for like an art residency in Havana so I did that for like the first month or like the first month I was there I was like at the residency um And that was a cool experience because, like, it definitely pushed me to, like, really put a lot of time into, like, painting um, and, like, think and create a project and just, like, make it. I feel like Mm -hmm. usually here I'm kind of like, oh, I'll do a little painting or I don't know. And there I was like, okay, we have a deadline, like, finish something. Um, Was the residency in Havana? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. And then they, the, everything was covered, like your stay and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, nice. So that's where you were living at while you were skating out there? For the most part. Yeah. So yeah, the first month I was there, and then after I left the residency, um, I went, so most of my family lives on the southern part of the island in a town called Caimanera, which borders the U.S. naval base. Mm. Um, but it's like, it's the Cuban side, um, 
So then I hauled all the way over to visit family. <laughs> How did you get there? It was a t- what was that like? I hauled over. It was a 20-hour bus ride. Um, and so I'd been, like, talking to my mom's cousin. And to get into, to visit Caimanera, you have to get permission mm. because it touches yeah. the U.S. naval base. And so he was like, don't worry, like... I asked so then you figured all of that out while you were already in Cuba? Yeah. Because you didn't know about this when you were out here? Well, I did know about it, okay. but they were like... Like, when I visited before with my mom and my grandma, we asked for permission, like, a day before. Yeah. And it was fine. Yeah. So I was like, it's chill. It'll yeah. be fine. And so then, this time, I asked for permission two weeks in advance just to, like, give myself more time. Mm-hmm. They still hadn't granted me permission, but I was like, oh, I'll just go anyway. Like, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, and ended up never getting permission <laughs> to visit, <laughs> um, which definitely really sucked. But my family, like, was able or, like, some of them were able to come out to, like, see me. Um, but also you never got there. No, I never got there, which was really sad because I feel like part of something that I wanted to do, like, as an extension of, like, what I did at the art residency was I was like, I really want to take a lot of pictures of, like, family and, like, Mm -hmm. the house my mom grew up Mm -hmm. in and, like, my grandma's sister and a bunch of cousins, but, like, wasn't really able to do that because I never got in, but, which is completely arbitrary also, like, I feel like it's just, like, like, there's no reason for me. What am I yeah. going to... I don't know. Yeah. But well, there's always next time, though. Are you thinking yeah, about going sure. again? Yeah. Okay, cool. Definitely. So, did you experience any, like, culture shock when you were there? Or what are some things that you experienced that you were out there that kind of made you reflect on the ways that you live here in the States, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, maybe, like, through interactions with people or, like things that we take for granted out here. Like, I remember I had a friend that was visiting Cuba a few years ago, but I remember her telling me that she would have to wait in line once a week to buy, like, sugar and eggs. Yeah. And I remember, I think you told me, like, some people wait and they don't, there's, you know, it, it it's a scarcity, so they just don't get eggs or something yeah. like that. I feel like the, yeah, the lines, which is kind of just, like, a universal experience yeah. in Cuba are, like definitely something that I was not used to um like even for the bus like it's possible to wait for a bus for like two hours more um which is why like if the walk was an hour like I'd be like perfect we're walking Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay um because you'd probably be waiting for the bus for like long so an hour walk is just like pretty normal pretty yeah. yeah um but then also with like food um, I mean, it's also, like, there were lines and, like, a scarcity of food before, but I think with COVID, the situation there is, like, really bad now, mm-hmm. and, like, we're experiencing inflation here, I think mm-hmm. they also are, so yeah. it's, like, a lot more expensive, but, like, nobody's making any more money, and so there's just, like, not a lot of stuff, and so, yeah. like, grocery stores are completely empty like Mm. there's nowhere to really buy like food so like you do wait in line like each 
yeah, you basically just wait in line for food. And I did it with my aunt a couple times. And we were waiting for like eight hours. <laughs> and like, basically the lines, like how they work is you walk up to the line and you're like, who's the last one? And then you find the person that's the last one. And then it becomes like a memory game where like you have to memorize who's in front of you and who's behind you because mm. everyone's waiting in a line for so long that they're going to move. Oh. But you can't just memorize their face or like what they're wearing because they might go home and change. Like you have oh, to literally what? memorize their face. <laughs> so then when you come back, you know where your spot is at. Is that? Yeah, kind of? exactly. Okay. Then you're like, okay, that's the person behind me. That's the person in front of me. Like this is where I am. And, like, that was definitely hard for me to get used to. Yeah. And that's also, like, what you do for lines in the bus. Like, you have to be, like, who's in front of me, who's behind me. Yeah. And I would just be, like, shit, I forgot. <laughs> like, there were a couple of times when I'm, like, I don't know who's in front of me. Like, I'm, I've lost them. And how early do people um, start lines? Like, pretty early. Like, people, I don't know, there's always lines. But I feel like the, like memorizing where you're at is like i had to get used to that i'm curious is there also like some sort of like train uh not training um trading method or like things trading going on between like family or friends where it's like oh i have some bread like can you trade for this and this instead of like going to stand in line like is there any of that yeah definitely or like people will stand in line like for other people Mm. and then like maybe next week they'll stand in line for you um but also what people will do is like if you stand in line for the food which sometimes takes a really long time then people will like sell it on the street but for an upcharged mm. price mm-hmm. yeah, so then it's like you could buy it on the street right now but it'll be like three times the price yeah. as if you wait in line so it's like yeah. Do you want to um, share that story where you were like an interpreter um, for one of your friends that was dri- that was like picking somebody up? I forgot what the story was, oh, but yeah. they were picking up like a filmer or something from the U.S. Oh yeah. Do you want to share <laughs> to the public? I don't know. If I you know what? Okay. <laughs> would that put like Cuba in like bad name? No, I no, would expose like, the US that guy. guy. You would expose that. Like, he's not gonna him. listen. <laughs> you don't have to say his name. No, if you don't want to share, it's fine. That's true. <laughs> oh, I just mm. so I had met this guy, one of my friends that I had met skating. Um, whatever. Yeah, he's not. Really I mean, you people know people. People. Everybody that listens to us understands like the hustling aspect of life. That's so true. I think oh, it's God. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I met this guy, and he was like. So apparently this, like, person from the States had made, like, this film. Oh, this actually is a great conversation because we went into it. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a good combo. Go ahead, go ahead. Had made this film um, about, like, a lot of things, but there were, like, a lot of parts that were, like, about Cuban skaters. Um, and he was, like coming to Cuba to like air his film show it um, Premier. it was going to be a premiere yeah, pr- premiere that's what I mean okay um but did you he, go yeah I did go okay but he didn't speak any Spanish and so my friend was like 
perfect, you can come with us and be the translator because they had been like DMing on Instagram, but my friend was like, I've been using Google Translate, like I can't communicate with this man. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up like going and picking them up from the airport. Um, and I don't know, this is where like we had been talking about this. Yeah. And I think I have mixed reviews on like people using and kind of profiting yeah. off of like images of like Cuban skaters or people with like less mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he had like definitely like kind of created this film and then was getting a lot of like yeah. fame right. and like recognition for it. And it's like, you're kind of profiting off of like images of Cuban skaters that mm-hmm. are not And it's like, what are you giving back to that community? Yeah, that, like, really could use a lot of support in the form of, like, I don't know, boards or money or even recognition and, like, weren't getting that. And Mm -hmm. so I, like, I don't know. I don't like that. Um, But we picked him up from the airport and he was like, I want to, like, trade, like, not trade. um, What is that word? Change. Um, like dollars for Cuban pesos Um, and if you do it in the banks you get a pretty low exchange rate but if Mm -hmm. you know people in the street you can get like a lot higher of an exchange Mm -hmm. rate and so my friend changed his money um, in the street but then gave him the bank rate and pocketed the Mm -hmm. rest Yes, (laughs) which is like a little whatever but like I feel like he deserves he did, that, yeah, and like definitely. he would have gotten that same exchange rate anyway. Yeah, and and then I remember you telling me that y'all took him to like a hotel that was just for like I mean not not just for U.S. citizens or tourists, but like no like Cuban citizen was allowed in those ho- those hotels or like what was that rule again? It's not that they're not allowed. It's, like, not an official law. Mm -hmm. But, like, most Cubans are not, like, welcome in, like, tourist spaces, which is really fucked up. And so, like... But who enforces that? Like, the security of the hotel. Who is Cuban? Yeah, which is the other part that's, like... Yeah. I don't... Yeah, but, like, we dropped him off at this hotel, and, like, we didn't go inside because, like, they probably would have been like asked to leave Mm. or like even for example like skating if we were like street skating somewhere and then had to use the bathroom like hotels wouldn't let cubans use the bathroom but they would let me use the Mm -hmm. bathroom especially if i like spoke in english or like Mm. i don't know it's really messed up like that part of it is really not cool yeah so If you, because I know we kind of talked about how you do want to go back. Um, Oh, no, wait, let's go back. So how was it that you gave, like, certain people these boards? Like, how did that conversation come about? Like, how were you received and perceived once you were giving these people boards? Like, because that's my thing, too, is, like, when I go to Mexico, I'm really careful about how I make like connections with people because I don't want them again to think that I'm profiting off of them and their stories right yeah like I was really careful about doing the interviews um when I was out there 
and allowing them to speak for their own story. And so, like, I'm curious to know how was that you brought up this conversation of like, hey, I actually brought some boards and like, you know, who how yeah. you made those decisions of who you gave the board to? Well, that's like, so I brought like 15 boards and then some trucks and some shoes and some wheels and stuff. Um, but that is like, everyone needs a new board. Like everyone's riding boards that are like pretty worn down mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, having an extra board is like really, really valuable. Like if you or break even like a board, new wheels. Yeah, new wheels. Like, um, and so 15 boards is like nothing, but... I had met someone that I had met through the, like, Good Times Familia um, people um, was like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to throw a skate competition. And so... Yeah, so you organized it with them. They definitely did most of the organizing. You were like, I have merch. Yeah, I was like, I got... They were like, perfect, these are the prizes. Like, we'll go out. There's, like, this spot. That's awesome. Um, You left so much out when I was talking to you. I'm glad you're talking about it now, but I'm just like, (laughs) what? um, Go get them but so yeah she her name is Joha she's super cool um she basically organized this competition and it was like outside of Havana in this old like abandoned pool um that you kind of have to like go through the like wood to get Mm. to but it's like enormous like it's the biggest pool I've ever seen and it's like abandoned and mm. people will skate there a lot yeah, nice. um so we all like hauled over there um, how long was the walk well it was like a one hour bus ride and then like a 30 minute walk okay. but it was like a it was a cool spot um yeah and I feel like it was also cool because like even if it was so like it was kind of out of the way but people showed up still which is like yeah people wanted to be there yeah people wanted to be there um but people competed people won some boards people won some wheels um was that very heartwarming for you like to see that i don't know i just like i'm thinking about like the trip that you made and like everything that you took and then to see that people were really grateful I feel like I was just like, like, how was that experience? I can't believe that I scotch taped a box together at the (laughs) O'Hare airport at three in the morning after being an idiot (laughs) and they actually made it like, but then at the same time, I think I was like, damn, I wish I could have like brought more boards. Like there's, I don't know. There's such a need for more boards and more stuff. Um, But I don't know. And I did want to ask, because um, I've never been to Cuba, so I, I'm curious um, how easily accessible, like, the internet or, like, technology or even, like, iPhones are. Yeah. Or even just, like, film, like, tech um, out there. Also not super So is it very accessible. uncommon for people to have iPhones? Like, is that not as common? or what? No, people, it's definitely less common. Okay. Because um, here, like, everybody has an iPhone or, like, a Samsung. Yeah. It's definitely less common. People do. Um, but they're a lot harder to get mm. there. Once You also have to get them from people bringing them. Mm. Um, but I was lucky because I did, like, because I have family there, I was able to, like, have a Cuban SIM card. So I kind of had, like, 
service, Mm -hmm. but service and connection are, like, really, like, I was pretty unplugged for a lot of it, which was kind of nice. I was... Do people seek out, like, hotspots or, like, steal people's Wi-Fi passwords or some shit like that? That's what they do in Mexico. Most most people don't have private Wi-Fi. Like, Mm. there's almost... I don't think I knew anyone that had, like, Wi-Fi in their house. Um, Is there, like, cyber cafes? No. <laughs> a lot of times, so there there were, like, areas in parks where you can, like, connect to Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, I feel like you'd, like, see a group, like, a huge group of people on their phones in, like, really random areas. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be, like, a hotspot. Like, yeah. go to it. Right. Um, but, yeah, Wi-Fi, there wasn't a lot of Wi-Fi. And so how was that? Like, how, like, the limitations of, like, access to technology and, like, Wi-Fi and, like, in a sense, like, distractions sort of, like, provided more of, like, a fruitful conversation and, like, relationship with the people that you were meeting? Because here, I think, yeah, one of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast is because, like, a lot of people don't conversate as much anymore. Like, you're, and especially in the yeah. skating, it's like you're either skating or you're filming or like you're distracted yeah. and so rarely do and like people live busy lives so pe- rarely do you get time to like actually talk and connect with people and even with like everybody having an iphone everybody's like stuck to it and so how easier was it to just hang out and talk to people and make genuine connections because yeah. there wasn't like easy access to tech and like iphones i feel like that's another thing where like for me i was like this is kind of nice like i'm unplugged but like the reality of the situation is it's like it is fucked Mm -hmm. like like i feel like i have a very privileged like Mm -hmm. wow it's so nice to be like more connected and more present with people but But that's their reality yeah like their reality is like they want to go online they want to go on instagram like and that shit is hard to do and like they should be able to do that and like but then like my perspective of like being like it is really nice to like when you're sitting with people nobody's on their phones because like there's nothing to do on your phone yeah um but it does make like even things like meeting up harder mm-hmm. um like there were days where like just nobody would have service and on those days it was just like well who knows where anyone is? So, like, if I see them, I see them, I guess. But, like, if you had plans that day, it was kind of like, hmm. I can't contact anyone. So, Interesting. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the movie Kids. They're just, like, roaming about their day, just, like, hanging out, seeing what happens, like, living life. But, yeah, even, like, I think about when on our chat, like, we just hit people up. or like, who's skating today? Yeah. And we meet up. But then we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have, like the internet but then it's like it allows for more spontaneity i think like if you show up to a park you meet whoever you meet it's like meant to be but yeah i I definitely get you where like we come from a very privileged position where like for us we can check in and then check out of there yeah and for some people who that live there that's that's their whole life that's the reality and they have to like make with what they have yeah um and i know we talked about like just like we're so privileged and very grateful to have that experience and to come back here and, you know, just reflect on that and, like, think about different ways that we can best support, like, our people. I don't know if you want to yeah. say anything on that. 
about like going in and out of yeah India? i don't know i think it's still like i feel like we're still learning about like being like sh- sometimes people call it like shapeshifters yeah so you're you can go in and out of certain places right yeah certain spaces yeah yeah I feel like it's, like, I don't know, I guess good for me to reflect on, like, okay, how do I use social media and, like, internet in ways that are, like, okay, you're hyping people up and supporting other people versus me just, like, getting sucked in and, Mm -hmm. like, being isolated by that, Mm -hmm. which I think I do really, like, it's so easy to just, like, mindlessly scroll, scroll, and I'm, like, okay, maybe we can cut. Yeah. Um, Also, I wanted to mention... Um, like we would go out and skate and I'd be like oh do you want me to film and you're like no it's okay <laughs> like you'd get tricked you're like no I'm good like it's fine and I think at one point you were telling me like oh it's not like like it's not very important to like seek validation from like the internet for you and so I'm curious to know like why is it that you skate like what do you what are your goals in the sport and how do you see the sport kind of playing into like your other goals in life yeah um and like since we've met i think we've been a part of this growing community of non-traditional skaters here in chicago which has been great but um i think you're one of those people that really encompasses like skate for fun like skate para diversión yeah um and you're very much present all the time when we're out skating I feel like I look up to you because you, like, do get clips and, like, do take videos. And I'm like, damn, that's so cool. Like, Janet's always, like, getting cool clips and cool videos. And, like, you can really chart. Like, you've gotten so much better since I feel like we first started skating yeah. together. I feel like you have, too. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like my goals in skating, like... I'm too injury prone to like, I'm definitely like, I don't think I'm, I'm not trying to like get better for anyone but myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to like not break any more yeah. bones. I'd love to get like a consistent kickflip. Yes. You have. I mean, you're already onto heel flips too. Yeah, I think I skipped the consistent part of the kickflip <laughs> goal, but yeah. we're working on it. Um, but also, like, I feel like I just get a lot of, like, joy out of skating mm-hmm. and, like, of the community that I've, like, met through skating. And, like, even in Cuba, like, I feel like it's so crazy. And I feel like maybe you feel like this way when you went to Mexico, like that we can show up to a place and, like, bond with people through skating and, yeah. like, find community through skating, kind of wherever you are. And I think that's, like, a really... a part of it that I really love. Like, not not necessarily... I'm no Tony Hawk. I'm just... <laughs> I'm no Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do feel that way. You know, there's something that, that connects us. Yeah. And just, like, being a non-traditional skater in those spaces is very empowering and you connect with other people but um i think yeah i lost my turn of thought but yeah still processing it yeah like did you know the people tables have turned the tables have turned i turned the <laughs> did table <laughs> did i what happened um like the people that you were skating with in mexico did you know them before or did you meet them yeah so i mean this time around that i went in january i met up with people who i 
had been introduced to like the fall the the year prior mm-hmm. um and i met them through just like you know being my friendly self be like hey what's up what are you trying you know yeah and uh one of my friends i met at the house events because they have a house events mexico which is oh, like nice. the bomb yeah and then um another friend who's like really great skater jackie she's like competing at like the national level in mexico and um i met her because you know people out there hustle in different ways and so she skates but she also has her own like skate school that she started herself and so that's a form of income for her um and that's how i met her and like people are just like really friendly you know and like i think just like when there's a new person in that community like people generally just want to know you you know um and like i'm excited to know all of them you know so it works both ways um and then yeah this time around i met my friend sitlali who's like really good at bowl and she's super sweet and then it was so funny because she was like yeah next time you come we should go to oaxaca she has family in oaxaca and the whole time i was like oh my god she invited me to oaxaca like i am so excited (laughs) i was like let's go yeah inner me was like (laughs) that's so cute yeah but you know it's like this sport that just joins us you know that like that we practice and that we're so excited about um so it's nice to to go back and continue to see them and i think that's one thing i value is like having consistent like friendships you know for me it's not like especially like knowing that i can come back right i don't want them to feel like oh i hung out with you and like I just hung out with you in the meantime because I was on vacation. Now I'm going back and, like, forget you. Like, that is not how I want to make people feel. And so when I go back, it's, like, I invite them out for, like, brunch because, like, I know that, like, money's tough over there. Like, um, so in any way that I can, like, I know I'm coming in with U.S. dollars and, you know, that's it's a completely different lifestyle. Um, Yeah. So that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Making friends. Yeah, making friends. Yeah. Mm, I guess we could go, we could like kind of wrap it up here. Um, Why don't you tell us, I don't know, what's a good like wrap up question? Oh, what? Oh, I remember. I was like, I remember. This is so funny because like I talked to you on a daily now I'm interviewing you. Um, What makes you truly happy in life? Being with my friends. Being with my friends. (laughs) Uh um yeah that's my (laughs) yeah like community being with friends i feel like seeing community like or friends like get better at things and like grow like growing with community Mm -hmm. i mean even with skating like i feel like we were talking about social media and like Mm -hmm. it makes me so happy to like see people's like clips or people like yeah getting better like landing the trick that they wanted and like i don't know yeah it's like a communal joy yeah yeah like you saw them working for it and then yeah and then they get it yes friend wait i forgot to ask you and then i'll ask you the other last question um talk to us about your involvement with naughty boy because i went out to visit you once and that was really nice because you were like instructing kids how to skate yeah so tell us a little bit about that so they're like um naughty boy runs like a skate school every sunday when it's not like freezing um in hyde park like off 49th street um and like a little over a year ago i like started helping out like it kind of just showed up 
um, and ended up like really liking the community and like skating with them. Um, but yeah, every Sunday from 12 to 2. Um, and it's kind of informal, it's just like a DIY spot on some tennis courts. The tennis courts are pretty run down. Would be great if the city of Chicago could repave them. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's just every Sunday and different groups of kids show up. Um, a lot of times the same kids show up and it's been like really cool like seeing them get better mm-hmm. and also like getting better. Like I feel like I've like learned a lot through yeah like being there and yeah being in that space and all um, the guys that go out there are like super cool super supportive yeah everyone's super supportive and like it's kind of just like a skate sesh and like there's a bunch of kids there and everyone's learning from each other i remember um that's where what's your friend's name Ror- nori 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 yeah. and nori was helping out somebody else that was learning kickflips and they were like holding hands, and then they called it the homie flip. What did yeah, they the call homie it? flip. The homie flip, and I was like, the homie flip. That was. So it funny. actually works though. It I does. Like they were like, okay, like you try it, and then I landed one. And yeah, I was like, oh. that was you. It was yeah, it was the homie flip when you were the trying. The homie flips work. Yeah, it's the secret. <laughs> so, would you know when y'all are starting back up again? Probably in the next couple of weeks. Okay, once the weather gets yeah, a little warmer. Yeah, once it gets a little bit warmer. Cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, final question. Hmm, I guess, what are your plans for the year? Like, skate-wise or, like, any fun plans? Hmm, fun plans. Well, I do want to go back to Cuba. Yeah? Do you think you're going to go back this year? I kind of want yeah. to. I'm going to try. <laughs> I am starting a new job on Monday. Oh, yeah. Um, which I'm excited about. Yeah. I just made a really not excited. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Um, I feel like I'm just like, hoof work. Like, it'll be a lot of work. But, um, yeah, probably going to try to go back, like, next winter again if I can yeah. swing. That's a good time to just get out of Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Um, other goals? Other plans? I don't know, want to keep making, like, a lot more art and putting mm-hmm. time into, like, art stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, skating when I can. Trying to get a heel flip. Yeah. Um, what other goals? No broken bones. That's a yeah. huge goal. So, you've broken how, like, broken, broken how many, or which which bones? I broke my elbow bone. And then recently I dislocated my elbow, but I didn't Is that when you... It. Plucked it back in? Yeah. Okay. Um, I broke my ankle bone and then also, like, my foot bone at the same time. With you, actually. Um, I broke my rib. <laughs> and I think that's it. Okay. Yes. Let's keep it there. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Cool. So no more. No more. Yeah. No. Okay. That's a good goal. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so, this is the most awkwardest interview ever. I'm so like, sorry. Friends. No, it's because we're like friends, friends. It's just I feel so... like it's because, like, we talk and now I'm just like, there's a microphone. And I yeah, do to do. and also we, like, talk, we, 
we talk chisme and we can't talk chisme here. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. not natural. Yeah, you know, we can't keep it too professional, so we can't cross that line. Professional <laughs> stop <there>. boundaries. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> that was funny. 